think about the function, think about the end goal before you know making things look good. And this is one of the reasons why, like personally, like a lot, I see a lot of young designers today focusing more on like dribble and you know stuff looking pretty, which is good. Like you know, we want the world to look pretty, but like the the interesting part of that to to that or the interesting twist to that is that it needs to work first. So, oh, how you doing, man? Tell us what you've been up to in the last um, couple of weeks since I last saw you at Sastock Dublin. Uh, yeah, been, it's been uh, an interesting one. I've been up to several things around the um, stuff that we talked about, which was around like product development and just like unlocking the next batch of our product, which is basically building out the no-code side of things. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of strategy around there. Um, and also we've been doing a lot of work around um, just also marketing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the, you know, the, the basics of, uh, it's been a lot of stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's so been. Are you referring to your, your startup that you have in stealth mode right now? Correct. Yes. Um, that's, uh, yeah, the, the, the products in which I, I, I was at the Robin, uh, the SaaS stock for Robin. Yeah, do you want to tell the listeners a bit more about Robin and what you guys do? Yeah, uh, so Robin is a simple to use product that allows you to build interaction in your product with literally in less than five, 10 minutes. And it essentially allows you to build in-app chats, in-app notifications, or create real-time nest into your product. Or uh, you could also use it to build um, AI-powered news feeds into your products. Um, all of these other features are sort of like coming soon. But what we've done today, what we haven't ready to use in the market today is the um, in-app messaging feature, which allows you to basically, you can literally build your own WhatsApp in, in 10 minutes. How did you identify that this was a problem? I come from a background of like um, product development. Uh, so I run a digital agency, uh, software dev shop. Uh, whatever it calls this is. Um, and we, we've seen a lot of requests from clients, uh, where they're trying to build the same thing over and over again. I'm trying to build, build, you know, the next Uber. I'm trying to build the next delivery role. I'm trying to build the next, you know, even Google Meet or Zoom or whatever you, right? And all of this product have like underlying infrastructure, um, which, you know, we are now building into Robin, right? So that you as a founder, could literally build all of your dreams, all of your dream products, um, without having to go through the asshole of like actually creating, you know, like hiring engineers that will like, you know, run out, you know, exhaust your own way before you even launch. Um, which is, you know, like some people have the luxury for that, but like not all founders have the luxury. Some people want to just quickly test, right? Like, you know, test the hypothesis and see, will this idea even fly, right? Um, and with Robin, what we build is that it's something you could even use at a huge scale. We have one enterprise customer right now, it, you know, just him is doing like about 500,000 messages um, with us per day, uh, sorry, per, per month, right? So like, mm -hmm. you, you know, that's kind of like one of the things that you see with um, products like this, like they're, you know, massive, um, 
um, product owners who have been using platforms like WhatsApp to kind of talk to their communities or even Slack, right? But with products like Robin, you could build that community and own it, right? Because you own the infrastructure. Yeah. So if we re rewind for a second, you said that uh, you had a digital agency yeah. and you're bu building platforms for other people. So this is quite interesting right. to me because I guess that would have given you a lot of exposure over a lot of different ideas and future ideas that are currently happening in the market. Correct. So how long were you doing that before this idea came to you? Like, hey, you know what? This this could be a winner. Yeah, um, that's a really, really good question. So I think a lot of ideas came because as you build products for people, you see, you don't to see like a lot of opportunities. Um, I've worked across like several industries with all of these different, you know, startups as they come. You've, you have people in, um, you know, in finance and like meds and, you know, education and like government, even like you see different type of products every now and then, like different type of briefs. And it kind of just opens your mind up to like the, the amount of opportunities that's out there. But also you kind of need to narrow down and say, like, what do I really believe in? And one of the things that really helped us choose on this product uh, direction is that we we saw that you know, messaging is just one thing, right? Out of what we're doing, right? Like we have three other things that I've mentioned. And uh, we saw all of this, uh, out of these four things, there's like literally um, the similarities in all of the product facets, like, you know, across industries as you see, right? Because if you have products, you need people to communicate at some point. You need them to have some form of interaction and everybody's trying is going to be on interaction. Uh, you need your customer, you need to, a way to engage with your customers, which is why we're building a notification infrastructure that allows you to actually, um, you know, with a simple drag and drop interface, you can, tr you can add triggers to, to your app, right? Uh, simple integration as well. So literally you could build all of that stuff with a no code, um, which allows you, which empowers you as an entrepreneur to basically try out a lot of things even as a marketer right you could go in there and you know try try new things that you probably learned um, um on twitter or wherever you're learning from and, and uh, it's quite interesting because you know when we when we explored all of um the ideas that came um this was a much stronger um uh call for us to to to, to do to do and also we've seen a lot of traction in this industry uh, with uh, kudos to guys like um, GetStream. Um, they they're leading the space like really really well. They, I think they raised about like thirty eight million dollars at Series A or something like that. Um, wow. Yeah, like literally how big the space is. You know, there's a lot of use cases. Um, there's a lot of use cases with messaging. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, you check out Sendbird as well. Like they're super big. Uh, One billion post money um valuation uh, yeah so so unicorn already like you know it's a it's a really really big 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 market and i think there's a lot of um opportunities even with all of this product out there this we're still scratching the surface of, of what's what's capable what's possible yeah now that you say it, i can see how important it is because once you launch an app or you launch a platform you want user retention right the proliferation of applications on the internet, having active and engaged users become so much Correct. more and more important. I think what will be really interesting to see is once you've been, are you trading at the moment or are you still uh, in the launch phase? 
Yeah, so we've actually publicly launched. Uh, we were in sales for some time, but like we have launched now because we have like one major uh, uh, enterprise client, and then a, a bunch of like devs who are using us to kind of like you know on um, on stuff. But I think we've seen a lot of tractions around like um, the messaging products part, and we are getting tons of requests as well as and like you know as to like what's to come next and. Um, request for features as well and things that we already have in our pipeline, obviously. Um, but in interestingly, um, one of the things that we're, we're also trying to do right now is kind of just like make sure that messaging experience is 100% complete. And then we'll start, uh, from Q1 next year, which is January, we'll start to like hyper focus on like the interaction beat of things. Um, so you'd be able to actually build out um you know a real time you know, uh, real time product so think about figma for example right the technology that powers figma for you and i to jump on the same document in two different time zones two different places and we're literally doing the same you know working on the same document and you can see what i'm typing you can see what i'm doing uh, same thing with google docs same thing happens in gaming right like you know uh, so all of that type, type of technology, right? And this also has like real use cases in with VR as well. So like there is a lot of opportunities and a lot of use cases. It's not just like really um, yeah. confined it into like what is available right now. Yeah, because at first glance you would think, all right, this is some kind of messaging app. Is it like Teams? You know, Teams already yeah. exists. Yeah. Zoom already exists. Like what what are we doing here? What's the market? But actually, from what we've described. Can really open your mind up and see actually this is a platform for founders to iterate on yeah and get really close to their customers with right and their users because we had a guest on the other week who talked about especially when you're growing a business reduce the number of walls between you and your users right mm -hmm. so as a company gets bigger and bigger you might have five ten walls think of the likes of kind of like instagram twitter and all of this is very hard to get down to the devs who are actually making the product and get your kind of voice heard Whereas you're yeah. creating a platform that allows founders to get instant real-time feedback and iterate and build their product from there. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But that's your that's your true value add. Yeah, we're building a, a, a platform that allows you to build your own social um, network, but also be able to actually in um, um, create the the, the 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 system that allows your users to actually thrive on your platform. So, for example. Um, if you, you know, you just acquired Twitter and you wanted to, um, um, integrate some form of like, um, notification that allows you to trigger certain, um, um, actions when, um, events occurs, right? So for example, I haven't opened Twitter in two hours, right? And then you want to maybe get me back on the app, right? So you, you could work out a, a logic that says, Look out for you know whatever those person is most interested in, right? And then send out a tweet from that person saying, "Hey, you probably are missing this tweet from this person that you really follow, that you already follow or really like, right?" That probably would get me to take action because if you look at my log, right, of like activities, you can see what type of content I'm interacting with. So that can get me back into the app and I can start engaging again. Uh, beyond that, it's also like the AI powered uh, news feed that we built, which is kind of similar to what TikTok has, right? In a way, um, again, this is all of, all of this technology is such that 
founders can then build their product on top of this. So whatever your use case is, it could be, it could even be for learning management system, for example, right? Like, you know, you want to create a newsfeed within, you know, your school environment or learning environment for your audience. You can use that. We have, um, we're currently talking to a potential customer who is using, we're trying to use us for, um, for, you know, learning management as well. They already have like fragmented, um, you know, like, use cases where like users are here but when they chat on this side of the class they can't actually take that conversation to the you know in-app chat or like when i see you on the news feed i can't you know interact with you or like there's not a lot of engagement you know um so all of this type of um use cases are what we've catered for and then much more so that founders can really really focus on the niche of their product right while you know saving so much time with um, dev as well as um resources and just like put all, putting all of that on 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 robin so think of robin as the 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 aws for for interactions literally so man what's your prefer is there a preferred stage of business to partner robin with because from what you described it sounds like let's say Twitter and how they collect data, how they aggregate their data internally. Yeah. And you guys are going to use that to send back intelligible information to them, right? Yeah. So I, I'm just picking up on what you said, like this is something that founders can build their platform on top of. Yeah. But is it something that can just also integrate into existing platforms? And which one's easier? Like, do you know what I mean? Which which one would you do you prefer? Yeah, so there there isn't like, in preference, to be honest, like uh, in with most cases, what we try to do is kind of understand how you um, structured your data, right? Like as a platform, if you if it already exists, right? So we understand how your data is being structured, what is where, what we can take, what we can't take, what you know, and then we sort of have a middleware um, that translate that data into Robin's system, so that it can then churn back result for you in the way that your system already understands. So you don't have to change anything. It's literally left for us to kind of understand what you have, existing infrastructure, and then we plug that into Robin, and then you, we can start to give you results. So part of our onboarding system, if you know there's already uh, an existing system, is to actually really um, speak with the dev team to really understand what exists, um, what we what the founders or what the engineering team is trying to achieve um their use cases as well and then we can start to say okay yeah this is this is how robin can actually help you and what all of this integration needs to be done one time like literally you don't you don't you don't need to do it again and the interesting part also is that when you do that integration you're really cutting down like maybe like oh, one year two years type of work out because this integration will save you so much time and you can start to use this tool from a simple to use dashboard. Like literally you can see conversations as they're happening. Like, you know, obviously it's encrypted, but like you can see that users, uh, the user IDs is this user has a conversation going on with that user. You can see the, uh, you can see some anal analytics around, um, you can see some analytics around like media usage as well um you can also get to understand uh you can do a lot of moderation as well like if, if you don't want people to you know do a lot of like um use f words on your platform for example 
you can moderate that within the dashboard. If a user triggers that, right, you can set a rule like if a if a particular user triggers this thing more than five times within maybe you know a short period of time or whatever the case is, you set all of that, right? Block the user or you know or you know put their account on on old or you know so basically you set the rule, right? And this is again stuff that you may have needed to hire someone to manually do before, or stuff that you may need your dev teams to do. It's just essentially like really core dev tool that allows you to build. And for you know founders, we're not like really technical, or maybe you just have a a simple community, maybe like you know stay at home moms or work remotely type of people. Um, you could literally build your community on top of Revenue as well, like without doing any dev. Uh, work at all basically install 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 and that's it like literally um it, it doesn't it doesn't you know for 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 people would um wouldn't know how to code at all rubbing caters for them for and for people who actually know how to code you, they can even get much more powerful results out of rubbing interesting yeah it sounds sounds like quite an effective uh, software development kit right that you're going to plug into your platform have your outputs they put you you guys put in the wrong with the inputs and then user can configure that however they want yeah absolutely like they they own the data they own they own you know the the system and how they want it to work all of so that how, our job is to provide infrastructure for you to do whatever you want to do how long or short are the integration times you mentioned that it takes a block of time but how long is that yeah so we've seen uh integration take about two weeks uh sometimes one week um if depending on the complexity of your system right and we've seen also integrations take about a month right like if we have to you know sometimes the integrations the platforms don't exist at all right um and so we have to build some things for you based on where you're trying to go and then so we have to kind of build stuff from you off the uh, off the ground right mm-hmm. and then put that into robin so that as you expand the team nearest future you can also expand on that infrastructure but essentially like one of the things that we do also is like for some of our customers we don't have um the resource the engineering resources we basically take on that um task for them right and we have engineering support to have them manage all of that stuff uh we obviously like it's that's like uh, an enterprise level um type of um uh, plan yep. Um, but essentially, like we try to ensure that uh, for customers who already have devs um, in house, uh, they can speak to us as often as possible. They have questions. As a matter of fact, like we've seen cases where their you know devs um, questions also prompts us to actually think about like ways to even optimize the system further. Because if they don't understand something, it means that probably we should make it a lot simpler. Or for them, you know, um, which is why we already have like a documentation out there, um, which anyone can go and use. You can use our API, you can use the SDK, you could use it however you, you deem fit, literally. Like it's 100% your data, 100%. As a matter of fact, we even allow, um, we allow um, the devs to actually decide, you know, for things like compliance or um, uh, you need to host stuff within the EU environment, for example, you can also choose that, right? You can choose a, a region in which the server should be hosted. You, you have a lot of, you know, a lot of flexibility, essentially. It's, it's not a tool that will box you. 
but if you don't, if you're not exactly um, technical, then you're obviously, you're just going to be using the plug and play uh, um, type of um, approach. Mm-hmm. It seems like you have so many capabilities, right? And yeah. you just serve, you serve such a wide potential consumer base. So yeah. a lot of, you know, very common advice typically when you're starting a company is like, I need to niche down or I need yeah. to like kind of serve one size of company or one vertical or one type of customer very, very well. So right. how did you reckon, like, how did you reconcile that at the start and how did you, did, did the product kind of evolve from that? Uh, we needed to niche down or is it from the start you thought, okay, this needs to be a tool that can be used by anyone with any kind of experience, any kind of company makeup. And you know, how did, how did you go about thinking about that? Cause it does kind of go against common advice from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that advice is actually really uh, something that we stuck to for the longest time. Uh, so right now, as we speak, right, we only have messaging out. All of the other things I've mentioned are coming, right? And this is one of the reasons why what you talked about earlier is one of the reasons why we've only stuck to messaging, because we want to get messaging, which is our first flagship product, 100% right, right? Uh, and then... Um, it's like your your beachhead, right? Yeah, and that you're gonna you're gonna get a beachhead, and then you're gonna start to expand out once you have that core customer base. Exactly, exactly. That's what that's what we're currently doing. Every other thing I've talked about uh, are coming in Q1 um, for next year, and we basically um, admit trying to ensure that messaging is on represent where it should be, where it needs to be. Um, right now, we've we actually kind of started with you know, just the enterprise client, right? Like people that we can actually own the entire experience with. Like we can see how they would onboard our product and we can fix our processes and learn from, you know, those processes and learn how to make our documentations better. So we actually focus um, on a niche uh, in the early days uh, and then kind of started to expand a little bit more and allow, you know, other people to come in and try rubbing with other stuff, right? So. We are now seeing, um, you know, different use cases coming, like use cases that we've never thought about before, right? And people are using it on in that, which is fine, right? But like we're still hyper focused on making sure that you know the flagship product is stable. And I think for us, right, we're in industry agnostic in the sense that our product can work for literally anybody, right? So it be we'd be shooting ourselves in the leg if we were like hyper focusing on one industry. Right. Um, so we're industry agnostic, but we started narrowly with the product approach, like in terms of what we're building and how we're approaching the market. And then uh, now we're going starting to go wider in terms of like uh, the product suite that we're bringing to market. If we look at our landing pages of today, you'd only see messaging and not anything else that we've talked about. Because again, this is the only thing that we're selling. The other stuff we're testing with, you know, pilot clients and other people were. Uh, you know, working with us on closed bits and things like that. Right. And you said, um, when we met, you said you had uh, some, was it interest from Y Combinator? You, you've, you've grown companies that have been in Ycom or what was the, what was the relationship there? Um, yeah. So I started the, the agency, like literally from my bedroom, <laughs> um, like most uh, digital agency and, uh, today we've grown to 50k MRR, and that's kind of like one of the 
uh, things that I've done that I'm really, really proud of. Like you, you bootstrapped, right? Yeah, all no bootstrapped, funding, yeah. no funding from even Robin is still zero funding up to date, even though we're open to fundraising, uh, but zero funding. It's literally being funded by the agency um, side of things. Uh, and, you know, like doing that um, has taught me a lot of things in terms of like how to scale, you know, a company um, in terms of like revenue, also managing teams, managing fatigue, um, making sure that you are churning out the best work and also most importantly selling, right? Um, which is one of the reasons, uh, things. And it, it's, it's also tougher, like when you're uh, selling product development and you're kind of like selling it from uh, from where I live, Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. You know, we've had clients literally say, oh, okay, you're based there, we're not working with you. Literally, you know, point black, right? Um, and it's not because your, your work isn't good, it's literally because of where you're based, right? Uh, which you have no control over where you were born, right? Like literally none of us choose where you were born. Um, but interestingly, like we've, um, it was, you know, going through all of that and building this, a, 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 a company to a point where it's 50K MR and I'm able to also now build a new company on top of that, which is Robin. Uh, it's been a really, really interesting um, journey and also still bootstrapping, zero funding till date. So now what was your uh, background before the, agency you were software yeah i uh, actually come from a background of product design um i've been designing for the last what like 10 years plus um right uh and i've worked at several like um i've worked with several sizes or a scale of companies i've worked with companies i moved actually um to um sa uh, South Africa. I worked there for some time, and then moved back home, and it kind of started off the the product design. But before I moved to SA, I was designing for like you know it was a dot com boom in 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 Nigeria at the time. So I was working with a lot of startups, um, um, designing. We didn't even know what it was at the time, to be honest. <laughs> but we were designing websites. That's what we call it. Uh, but it was a lot of user experience because we would sit down and try to decide like. Why are people not, you know, why are people going away? Why, you know, how can we get them? How can we design this form? How can we make the experience better? And then I stumbled on the on the uh, on the phrase user experience, and then dive straight in. Read, um, don't make me think. Book, uh, that, and that book changed changed it for me. Like you know, it was a really really interesting book that taught me a lot about. Um, user experience and how people think and how to get people to buy what you're selling on the internet and how to kind of like structure, you know, you just think about things from a different perspective rather than from like, you know, just making it look pretty perspective. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was kind of like how I dived into uh, product design and user experience and then research at some point as well. Uh, and then I came back to Lagos and just started started the company. Can you dissect then? Can you dissect the key learnings that you've had from product design? Um, so, okay, a lot of people say, "All right, it needs to look pretty. Like the UX needs to be nice." But what, what is the what is the essence of good product design? Yeah, product design is literally like, um, I, I, it's literally your identity. You know, like um, if 
you if you own a product today and you launch to right and you have customers maybe from somewhere in, in Tunisia or and you were based in the UK, you're not with that person physically to kind of explain to them and guide them through like your products and times teach them how to use it, right? But the interesting thing also is that a lot of platforms, before they landed on your platform or they downloaded your products, they've been using other stuff, right? So in some ways they have um, created some patterns, some user patterns that they know how to use, right? So they're bringing some expectation onto your products immediately they land on your product. And if your product doesn't kind of fit into that expectation, they struggle to use it, right? So you need to kind of understand that. Um, and, you know, as much as you're trying to make things look pretty, as much as you're trying to make things look sleek and all that stuff, like if you're serving a much diverse and wide market, you kind of need to think about all of these things from, from day one. Most importantly, also, like, you're, you need to, to, to really understand, like, um, great looking website or great looking mobile app product whatever it is it doesn't necessarily mean that you have good experience right like your 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 eye could be like the best thing and maybe your your button is just eating or it's like really small for me to tap on or like you know or like i can't your your call to action buttons are not obvious because maybe you were over designing those things right and for users, most of them already ex ex have an experience right, that they 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 maintain and they expect what button should look like, you know. And this is just one tiny thing. And if I can't find a button that says you know buy now or add cart or you know tweet, then it, it makes it really hard for me to actually interact on that platform. But like even even the opposite example, right? Like Amazon. I think everyone would agree that the Amazon UI is shit. Like it looks yeah. terrible, right? But it's very easy to use. Exactly. It's very intuitive. So it's it's thinking about the function before the form. Before right? the form. Yeah. Think about the function. Think about the end goal before you know making things look good. And this is one of the reasons why I personally like a lot. I see a lot of young designers today focusing more on like dribble and you know stuff looking pretty, which is good. Like you know, we want the world to look pretty, but like the the interesting part of that to, to that or the interesting twist to that is that it needs to work first, right? I've seen, I've also seen like UX or product design doesn't just, you know, stop at like digital stuff, right? I've seen really pretty chairs, like extremely pretty, but when you sit on them, they're extra uncomfortable. <laughs> and you, 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 you start to think like, who designed this chair? But it looks so pretty from afar, but it's not functional, right? So it, you need to think about like how functional something is going to be for, you know, all type of users, right? Um, even down to like thumb sizes, right? We have, you know, there is a thumb size rule within UX, right? Like, um, that a lot of people don't think about, like if you make it, your buttons too tiny, certain people because of the, the size of their thumbs can't click on that because, you know, it's so hard for them to reach. Um, sometimes some people, it's color blindness, right? So you're not thinking about how something actually looks for them. And your red button or your pink button looks completely different to somebody else. Or, you know, you don't cater for like when I am in the sun, right? It's super sunny and like, you know, everything is just like yellow on your screen. And 
the text is gone. You know what I mean? So it, those are like small things, um, but all of this type of little elements in product design, actually, they, they go a long way. So do you have some kind of like framework for evaluating that? And obviously you speak to your customers and there'll be a, a constant feedback loop in terms of what they find easy or hard. Is there some like way you actually measure the effectiveness of your product once you've designed it? Yeah, so I think for me, um, having done a lot of research in a couple of years, I've I've seen um, and I've spoken to a lot of users and I've seen how they use product and some like obvious things to us that are not obvious to users, right? And the way that I tend to evaluate stuff is like, first of all, really understand what you're trying to do, who you're trying to serve. And if you even understand those personas, right? Like, do you really understand the, the demographic of people you're trying to serve and the type of devices that they're going to be using? Those information actually helps to be able to just kind of give advice to say, okay, um, uh, my framework is simple. It's like functional first, right? Is this easy? Are things obvious, right? Like this button, is it obviously a button? Or does it, do I have to think about it like twice? Or does it look like buttons from the for the future, right? Which is fine, right? Like if it's a button for the future, but like if you're designing for users will leave, you know, maybe 10 years back, right? From where we are today, like you need to kind of keep that for that. Um, you know, so yeah, I I basically look at it from functional point of view first. Uh, and then the process flow, like what what is what are you trying to what are you trying to get me to do on your product? Am I trying to buy? Are you trying to get me to interact with you know with content on the platform or are you trying to you know make me watch a movie or whatever the thing is right um whatever that thing is we then can then start to kind of mold out the the, the uh, process from there like then talk about like each of the screen because one of the models that i work with is like every single screen on your interface has to lead somewhere has to like lead towards conversion, right? Like every single decision you're making, it's like, if you look at tw Twitter again, for example, like every single thing within that you see every single time is kind of like calling you to actually take action, which then creates a, an interaction loop, right? Because your followers see that you like something or they see that you retweeted something, causes them to interact with that content and cause Jensen, and that's how stuff goes viral. Same thing happens with like Netflix, right? Like you look at stuff and they're already showing you the preview of that movie before you even click because they're trying to get you to watch it, right? Um, and then if the content is not good, that's a different thing, right? But you actually clicked and watched, right? Netflix so has a crazy thing where they actually, they do all these huge AI tests on different screenshots of the movie, right? Exactly. And they have like six or seven iterations that they'll show, they show you. that they put on the main menu and it's like, oh, which which one is the user more likely to click over? Exactly. Which ones are they more of the skip over and all of that stuff, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's kind, of, that's kind of telling you how important the user experience is. Like, you know, the foundational work is there and then now they can experiment with like, you know, which version of the of which which, um, which frame gets a lot more attention, right? And then you can serve that more. They even go as far as changing the the cover cover image, right? Like which cover image are people clicking on, right? Like you know, if we show that you know this guy is in this movie, like with a lot of people actually click on it, 
And if I see that you actually like movies from this guy, then I can optimize more for you. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like creating a loop of, you know, interaction and making you spend more time on the product, right? So, and there's a lot of products competing for my time and your time. So like, you know, product owners and founders need to be a lot more smarter these days because otherwise like this giant will literally take all your customers time away and the time is what you need for them to spend on your product so that you can also get some conversion and money obviously uh, at the end of the day so i always thought that a uh, user experience from my perspective was always extremely subjective because when i was looking at it i was kind of thinking you know i think it should look like this so the user then thinks about it in this kind of way you know, co-founder might have thought, nah, I think it should look like this and it go this way. Well, from yeah. what you're describing, it sounds extremely formulaic, but based on a lot of testing, hypothesis yeah. testing. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of testing. And uh, I was having this conversation with like, because um, we were just we were trying to decide really, really tiny detail. Like, should we do double teak for our messaging or should we show red, right? And we had to test that even, right? Like which one to people actually prefer. Do you understand? Like, um, you can make a lot of hypotheses based on your personal preferences. You know, uh, I can say, hey, I like blue. And my co-founder is like, no, I like yellow. Right. And then we go, okay, since you like yellow, so let's go with yellow. But like, what is actually practical? What works? Right. You yeah. kind of need to back a lot of your decisions on data. Uh, and you also need to do a lot of testing, even though it may look so small or like so tiny, but all of those kind of bro i was gonna say you must be a man of attention to detail <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to split a bill with you you'd be going through every single line nah, I, I ate three thirds of this dish so i think you you owe me that 765. you, you owe me 0.5 <laughs> but yeah no that's crazy because it sounds like a lot of uh, attention to detail yeah absolutely um a lot of attention to details um is is, is required when you're building product especially when you're building something that you want a lot of people to use at scale, um, you know, like, and you have, you have to also put in into consideration a lot of users. Um, let me give you an example that uh, something I read a while ago, like Google has built, you know, a fantastic search, right? Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, whenever we go on any products, right, whether Amazon or anything with search, and you start to type the first word you expect it to actually react the same way Google would. You expect that drop down, you, and that stuff is actually really hard to do. Like from a technical standpoint, it is really tough to do because you're comparing data from like a lot of like at the first stroke of this of you know the keypad. You're doing a lot of search already within the system, yeah. And Google's been able to do that and make it look super easy, and they get the they return search results to you in like microseconds. Um, it's probably the thing that's most commonly experienced on the internet because most exactly. people go straight to google.com and then that's the, that's the portal to the rest of the world. Exactly. And when they come on your on your platform and your product and they, they do the same thing and your search is kind of like slower, they're like, what? Well, you know, like, because Google set the bar so high, right? Like yeah. you now have to kind of set, you have to kind of keep up to that because the user experience that um, they enjoy within the platform on Google is kind of like what they have as like the fundamental, you know, this is what is acceptable type of thing. So anything below that, it's kind of like, why is it broken? You know, yeah. 
Why, why is it, why, why, as a matter of fact, force times when you don't even get results on Google, like if you search certain words, Google is trying to suggest for you that you probably misspelled something, right? <laughs> like yeah. that is also hard to do. You understand? Like, and you know, sometimes it's like you put the A before the uh, E or you put the E before the L, you know, and Google kind of just auto auto correct that for you and then you get the actual result right so mm -hmm. all of this all of this um carried through i would say like expectation from users from other platforms they're bringing it to yours right so as a founder you kind of need to put all of that into consideration when you actually build uh even the tiniest which is why we're yeah. testing things as tiny as like what which do people actually prefer scene which is kind of like what you see on instagram when you send someone a message or the blue ticks when or red which is iMessage, or the blue ticks on on uh uh whatsapp if we come full circle what what what's the answer is it is it two ticks is it red or what what is it people seem to prefer the scene interestingly the, uh, the red, scene. red okay yeah red scene uh, because it comes with the with a timestamp like Oh, this person actually read and yeah, interesting. That, that always hits harder, man. <laughs> when you're left or read, like I don't when know, those red, words, yeah. yeah. At least, at least the ticks look kind of innocent, man. I can't deal with the red in the time says so I'm not about that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so because like red shows the time zone, that uh, the timestamp rather when it was actually read. So, yeah. When you're left and red, you know it's <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I guess it's probably different in a business environment, right? But still, I just wanted to. I think what we're talking about high level is like almost like a red ocean strategy versus a blue ocean strategy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like you're talking specifically about products that people kind of know already and use already, right? So they already use the likes of Google and WhatsApp, and they know what Messenger app kind of does. So they have yeah. this bar set. For yeah. what they expect it to do and how they expect it to function yeah and gary tan uh a v, uh vc yc which i'm sure you know basically yeah. just says everything that you do in a red ocean i.e where there's already existing competitors mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful you have to be either better faster or cheaper yeah right and if you're looking at something like a google or like a messaging app it can be very hard to be better because yeah. these guys have the best technical expertise plus 10, 20 years of doing this shit, that they are going to be streets ahead of you, right? Yeah. So you need to figure out, can you do it faster or cheaper? Yeah. Which is where the real question comes in. And that might be kind of borrowing from another industry and applying it to yours or borrowing a different business model. Um, yeah. Or it could be even just operating on very, very thin kind of margins of unit cost before you scale to try and get it off the ground or... Is that is that do you have any insight into that as well? Is that something you've thought about in terms of I think the biggest point is trying to have better technical expertise than incumbents to have been doing this for the better part of you know two decades? Yeah, absolutely. Like I really love your point around that. It's like one of the things that I've seen um is that when you think about this big enterprises, what they have is they have a wide huge budgets, right? They have strong technical team and they have been building for so long, right? They've made all the mistakes in the past and they fixed it, right? And, you know, like WhatsApp didn't have like stories or, you know, um, voice over IP call, um, 
they didn't have video calls they didn't have group chat in the early days do you, remember, do you remember stories like it started on i remember snapchat even before i had stories yeah and then do you remember like all the memes that came out when everyone started taking stories and facebook got it yeah and it was like yeah like tube like train stations have stories airports yeah. have stories and this and that and it was yeah. a huge like thing about it and now it's if a social media app doesn't have stories you're like the like fuck? what <laughs> where is it, it? <laughs> yeah. you know it's like why does it not have stories you know so the, all of these are like again you know, expectations that people are bringing from other platforms and they kind of dump it on your platform, right? So if you were building a new uh, social platform today and you don't have stories, people are going to just be wondering, like, why don't you have it, right? Uh, and this is one of the reasons why, like, for founders, especially in, in this day and age, it's much harder to kind of compete with these giants, right? Which is why tools like Robin, this is where they come in, right? No-code tools, local tools where they can save you a ton of work, a uh, ton of hours. You can leverage other people's time. Uh, we've been building Robin for like the last two years also. And you could leverage just time to literally just plug in and play. You could do that. You could do the same with like um, products like Bubble, right? Which is literally drag and drop, you know, build anything literally now, now, test it. If it if you get some validation, then go ahead and respond, uh, and then get go ahead and, and start to build it customly and you know scale from there. But you already have something which is already in the market and already being used by by your customers. But I think um, to your point, like you know, it, it will be very hard for you to compete with the likes of Google from a from a technical standpoint, right? As a, you know, it will be super, super hard, even if you have the brightest and best engineers out there. Um, because again, what they have is like, it you know, it took it took um, WhatsApp, you know, few, few weeks of iterations to actually roll out um, stories, right? After they tried to, you know, get Snapchat, I think, and then they, the deal didn't come true and they rolled it up on Instagram first. Then they wrote it up on WhatsApp. And some people complain about it. Like, why do we need stories on on WhatsApp? I just want right. to chat. You know, now no one talks about it. Everybody uses it. Everybody checks out the stories on WhatsApp. And everybody checks out stories on Instagram. And, and it's, it, like, um, it's like Be Real as well, right? And yeah, that's we, a good example of like actually taking behavior and putting your own spin on it. Because now yeah. it's actually like the story is the main product. Exactly. right and you have expiring, expiring posts that go away and and you're time limited and this and that and yeah. there's a whole element of like oh it needs to be kind of a real reflection of your life but i think maybe a more important lesson is they've looked at what the core usage of other social media apps are and, and made it the core right. of their product yeah and they've really pushed it to the forefront which yeah. is very interesting yeah. about taking a taking a business model in, in a market that you think is very saturated that you think you know you need years and years to build up the network effects of a snapchat of an instagram actually just putting your twist on it and seeing like what is the core kind of use case within those products and building a product around that is a quite yeah. an interesting way to uh, approach it yeah absolutely and and like also like you mentioned um, um, I think there's this, uh, I forgot what that app is called now, but I follow the founder on Twitter and it's like literally social app for teens. Um, uh, it's also, uh, what's it called? Uh, heck, uh, but essentially it grew to a million users and literally like less than a month. And right now they're currently about maybe 20 million, 
15 million or so. And you can confirm the numbers. I'm not quite sure, but it grew so fast in short, in such a short amount of time. And, and so you're and talking about is, Clubhouse, no? No, not Clubhouse. Um, uh, is it? Is one. it? Is it a new one? Yeah, social. If it's social uh, for students, students, US, you do all that, you'll find it. That'll be interesting. What's what's their um, what's their like USP? Like what's their shtick? Um, so basically, um, it helps you feel good, something like that. Um, uh, something around making you feel good. I I've oh, not. Is it, is it the one where you like pay each other compliments? Yes, you place each other's compliments. Yeah, you pay each other compliments. Yeah, I have a crush on this person. At, you know, in grade three, I have, you know, um, basically just like compliments literally yeah it, yeah it's like a, that little dopamine hit it struck yeah. when i when i read about it yeah i forgot the name as well but i read about it and it struck me as like people are going to use it intensely for like a few weeks and then they'll probably just churn just once they get their kind of fit yeah that's what uh, i thought well like, yeah i'll be interested but but people are staying like people are staying yeah staying. like uh, um it's growing rapidly like each each is building in public and so like it's sharing a lot um um a lot of progress and you know it's quite interesting to see um how you know driving to that niche like you know narrowing down to that niche and just building like a small you know focusing on the use case when you have like a massive user um uh a massive network of social media like you know the likes of instagram and twitter and um, be real and everything and we're still getting social apps that people are using out of that. It's quite interesting when you think about it. And on top of that, it's still like we have like, you know, um, um, IRL. I'm not sure if you have used IRL in the past. I haven't, no. Uh, that's also like an interesting um, product, right? That allows you to connect with people um, around you based on like interests, um, you know, like you know, say we, we're both interested in, in startups, right? And we're both in London and we're just like few meters away. And we've just need maybe someone to talk to for a grab lunch with um, before the next flight to whatever, right? You can connect with someone on the app quickly and have a real live chat with them in a cafe or whatever. And there's use cases I'm seeing coming up is like, hey, they could even start like, you know, selling out um, to those cafes, right? Like sponsored posts, right? Like saying, hey, your cafe will be recommended if you pay, I don't know, $1 per month, right? Whenever someone is around this corner. It's a, there's a lot of, you know, use cases for, you know, all of these different products, but like, it's interesting to see how the world is just shaping and like building niche products in verticals and like, and all of these products have their own users. There's, uh, there's a there was another company at SaaS Talk. I don't know if you met them. The Bubble, not the No Code, but they yeah, I met they them. do like they do like the the geofenced marketing kind of thing. Either we'll, we'll have them in the pod at some point as well. But theirs was really interesting because it was literally like if I'm Costa Coffee and I know someone has like a Starbucks card. I can give them promotions at Costa once when they pass a physical Costa when they're walking down the street to kind oh. of entice them into my into my business kind of thing as a use case, right? So it's almost like um, 
I don't know the word for it, like aggressive marketing or like marketing on the front foot, kind of like just trying to take customers away from your competitors and stuff like that. Oh, that's one of the use cases, right? But the very interesting part is something you've touched on multiple times in this conversation with regards to Robin of like very targeted kind of advertising, for example, the Twitter example of like jumping on and, you know, giving them notifications of, you know, what they might like based on their data. Um, But actually going back to a point you just said as well, I think there's probably a lesson in there that you're seeing all these companies start from verticals. So if you're a founder listening or you have like an idea or you're trying to find an idea, um, but you know roughly what you want, but you can't really nail it down. Maybe look at the space that you're interested in. For example, consumer apps, look at the biggest names. And let's be honest, the biggest names of social media, stuff like Instagram, Twitter, they kind of, a lot of them are like, they become jack of all trades, right? Because that's how that's how apps kind of become over time as they get bigger. But actually look at them and look at the core use cases within each of those apps or like what the user is doing most of or what they interact with most for example the compliments app i'm sure they looked and everyone loves getting likes and comments and everyone gets that dopamine hit when they get you know um retweets and all of this stuff right so they looked at that and it's like how could we make that the core of the product so maybe analyze the space you're in try and pull out what the users love to do most and there could be like product potential there yeah absolutely 100 agree with you like i mean that's one of the ways to actually validate your ideas and see if people are going to use this, if people are going to use it, or if people are going to actually even pay for it. You know, if you're going to get us to pay $8 to get verified in your product, like those are like simple ways to actually. I love, bro, I love how it's crashing and burning, man. It's so, <laughs> it's so public as well, right? The, yeah. whole Twitter, the whole Twitter situation is so public. It's so public. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like they're, they're just, I think, to be fair to them, they're experimenting, they're trying new things. Exactly. There's, a, there's a little bit of arrogance there because none of them, Elon and his inner circle, right? None of them have B2C experience. I think there's a bit of delusion and arrogance that they think they can just run in there. A lot of them are engineers, right? By trade yeah. all like their investors and this and that. So, why why what makes them think they can solve this kind of bot problem straight off the bat it will take a lot of iteration and a lot of kind of grinding through all of the trolling and this and that before they get to a solution yeah yeah absolutely like i think personally um i'm not sure what their product roadmap looks like uh but i think yeah um i don't think they have one but i I literally they're winging it they're literally winging it you listen to like you listen to like pods with like Jason Calacanis, and like when they talk about Elon, it's it's clear that they're just working it to see what to see what sticks. <laughs> that's 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 rough. <laughs> uh, but I think like generally, if they if they have like a serious plan, so like um, make up for you know paid users or whatever you right, like if there are special tools or um, analytics or you know, information, insight that you get um, being a paid user, right? I, I don't think just like the the check is enough, like props to, to like right now, before now, right? If you were selling it as uh, even $10,000 and you said, I'm only going to sell this to 100 people, then you can sell to a lot of people, right? But if you're saying $8 for everybody, then it kind of just defeats the focus because now the check doesn't have the value that it, it carried initially. Um, and then like, there's really no value tied to it as well. Like, you know, so I, I, I don't know, like, you know, back to a point anyways, uh, I think, uh, startup founders generally, um, my, my advice, um, from having like 
help people shape their, you know, rough ideas like when they come to us, right? Um, from literally like, hey, I, I don't know what I want to be, but I know it's in this space, or I know I want to build something around here, but this is how I'm thinking about it. Um, from helping them shape their ideas from like, you know, um, simple stuff on, on paper to actual product in the market and stuff that's generating revenue is um, that laser focus, like especially MVP um, stage is actually extremely important. Um, I've had also opportunities to work with founders who are also not very focused, right? And we end up building, um, you know, for like six weeks or eight weeks and then like, oh, we got this new opportunity um, in this space and, you know, we're just going to alt development on this side and we're going to focus on this new vertical. And we start building there and they're like, oh, sorry, uh, new opportunity just propped up. Yeah, yeah. So like we've seen that happen as well. And eventually they never launch, right? Because products like that never, never go anywhere. Uh, but like we're having a laser focus and uh, approach as well as a clear defined product roadmap. Like we want to build this. And if you build this, you can serve, say you want to serve everyone or anyone, right? That's fine. And then move on to like the next thing and then the next thing. But I think personally also as well, like, uh, being becoming jack of all trades is something I hope I never become. Uh, I always like to have like you know the well uh, with Robin for example. Everything we're trying to do is within interactions, right? Helping customers or founders or product owners be able to build interaction easily on their product without intense. Um, so anything that we're doing around that is kind of like enhancing that functionality of interaction, like whatever it is that you're building. Uh, and I don't think at any point ever, I would want to build something outside of it, like literally. Um, and this is kind of like what is driving us as of today. And this is why we literally took interaction and we broke it down into, okay, what are the basics? And messaging is one part. And we focused on that and built that out. Um, and, and I think generally like, um, yeah, I think, that it would be it would be an interesting thing to see how uh, people approach um, product development going from from here, especially with the uh, lots of no code out there. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, just like you know, hopeful that uh, founders will take a lot of um, lessons from like all the resources that are out there, um, podcasts like yours. Uh, you guys are doing amazing stuff. By the way, I, I listened to a couple of your of your of your um, episodes, and it was like really, really solid stuff. Um, Appreciate and, that, man. Yeah, and we've we just got another one to the collection right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, like you know, founders can leverage all of this type of resources, and um, you know, really learn and you know avoid mistakes that others have made in the past, and just like. Um, really learn about how to, to 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 build and scale and scale forward and even validate your ideas really quickly. Um, um, yeah, that's that's I think my my submission. Great takeaways, man. I really like that. We're gonna wrap up soon. Um, but just before, I remember when we spoke and just just quickly as well. I think it's a great lesson to people trying yeah. to network and you know founders or want to be founders. I literally put out a tweet to my relatively small number of followers, right? saying yeah. that I was going to be a SaaS talk and you messaged me being like, yeah, let's link up. 
right? Yeah. And then we did that and we had like a two-hour conversation and we covered everything, right? So yeah. I think there's a great lesson there for people wondering, oh, where do I start? How do I get in the game? You know, just put yourself out there. Yeah. And send out kind of searching tweets or put your name out there or just ask people around and maybe you get rejected. Sometimes you get ignored, but it's about the one or two people that you meet and that can catapult you into more and more connections into more people that you know and uh, more ideas as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's interesting how we met because, like, you know, I literally just typed SaaS talk all right, on my Twitter. All right, so nice. I'm looking for where is uh, at that stock, and then I find your profile. I'm like, oh, sure, let's meet up. And uh, and then, you know, we met up, we, we chatted for so long, it was almost like we've known each other for, <laughs> for a while, you know. Right. And, and, you know, I obviously, like, when you said, let's jump on podcast, I'm like, sure, why not? Like, you know, because the first conversation was super easy and very fluid as well. And, like, that's kind of, like, how uh, relationships are built over time, right? Like, I've known you now. I've also met Faraj, right? Like, you know, it's interesting because, like, if Faraj knows um, a million people, Suraj can also recommend me to his million people network. You know, it's a viral effect, right? So, like, it's really important that we put ourselves out there, you know, talk to people, especially people in the space, uh, people with doing stuff, um, people with a lot of inside information, um, not even like, you know, until you start to fall the ways that you just start to put yourself out there, like talk to people. Yeah. But like, um, you know, like you actually talk to people just for, you know, establishing relationships and just learning from them. Do it, do it early is yeah. common advice is just do it early even if you're thinking about as you said fundraising in even years time yeah if you're a founder kind of get to know the founders and investors that operate in your space yeah. um and just you know put yourself out there and talk to them and understand you know their pains their likes their dislikes their insights how you can be of help how they could potentially help you down the line um because it's, it's something i love about the startup ecosystem right it's not it's not a zero-sum game it's very like everyone's willing to help you out if you're kind of willing to put yourself out there it's a it's a very kind of generally speaking it's a nice feedback loop you know yeah um and it's not it's not it's not closed off you know anyone could join as long as you're kind of willing to you know speak to people and work hard as well yeah yeah absolutely hey, there's the artwork of and then to think about like in my respect, I'm actually like a very reserved person. I don't like talking or like meeting people and all of that. But like, I know for for a fact that you know my job requires that I do that. Like, you know, I have to put that reserved part of me away. Like, literally, the you know, and become more vocal and become more you know seen. Like, or talk to people uh, because like if you know regularly, like just you know, with my temperament and like the way I am, I would not reach out to you, right? Like I would not, I would just be like, sure, like the tweet and move on because, <laughs> you know, like what if he says no, what if it's like, what? right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but like, I know that like, you know, this is, this is not on, you know, this is beyond me now. Like this is, you know, for stuff that I'm trying to create. Yeah. You know? And like I have to put all of that like personal traits out because otherwise like those things will actually limit you um, from actually like reaching out to people that can really help you connect with the people that you need. Uh, there's a there's an interesting um, analogy that I inter interestingly believe in that the people that you need to meet are only 
three intros away from like you just need to meet three people and you can meet like a founder or like a billionaire and like today right so like yeah the more people you can connect with literally um the better it is i would say okay. even even you or i like we're just by doing this pod like i've i've had inbounds from someone who's done another pod who's done a pod with a billionaire kind of thing right so yeah. just by putting yourself out there and just even a few months of working you're already a few iterations away from the very very upper echelon right yeah. and the, just to make a final point before we wrap up would be what we said at the start of this line of conversation about networking is when i went to sas talk i could have easily got 100 200 emails right because there were so many people there yeah. but would i spend 10 minutes and get that number of contacts or would i rather spend one hour two hours speaking to each person and actually building a deep enough relationship that as you said we're now like friends and we can yeah. talk like friends like we've known each other for a while right and yeah. there's a really important lesson there that you need to treat you know any anyone like your friend you don't know where the value is going to come from and really give people the time of day and be willing to give them value and you shall receive in in return. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, like it's 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 fundamental that we do that. Like uh, as not even just as founders, but as all as like humans in general. It's like right. Um, even if you 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 have a job, right, or you you hire, uh, you're looking for a new job. You know, you never know with where you know, especially at events like that. Um, you want to put yourself out there and just like you know. Talk to people, you know, uh, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> the least they can say is no. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Gotta get comfortable with rejection, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I spent my whole life being rejected. I'm used to it yeah, now. It's just like I, every I'm day. Used to, I'm used to rejection so much. Like now it doesn't even bother me. I just, you know, when I see any rejection in me, I'm just like, sure, cool. Another one for the archive. Your your loss. <laughs> right. Your loss. Their loss. <laughs> you know, because uh like that's one of the things like, you know, going on this type of journey teaches you, especially when you're bootstrapped, you get a lot of notes, a lot and a lot of notes from different angles. Like if you're trying to raise funds from investors or you're trying to like get a new client or onboard a new customer, uh, whatever the case is, you will get a lot of notes and you just have to be comfortable with that um, because you only need a few yeses and those yeses can literally change your life. Love that, man. That's a, I think that's a great uh, point to end on. But Ayo, thanks a lot for your time, bro. It's been no, awesome. man. Thank you so much for having me. Like, um, really delighted to be here and just like talking about all my uh, life history. <laughs> Uh, no, I love it. Yeah, really love your product as well. Because I, honestly, when we met, we we just spoke about so many things. Like, we didn't even really dig that deep into your product, but I think yeah, it's I, really good understanding. Uh, totally. I think the listeners, uh, the listeners will get a lot of value as well out of it. So thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, I totally yeah, enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, thanks to Red for all your amazing questions and James. Um, yeah, you know, I could I could talk all day with you because I feel like <laughs> we could just keep talking. Uh, right. Thank you so much for for having me, and um, really, really glad that um, you 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 put this together. And yeah, let's let's uh, let's do this again sometime soon. I'm happy to share this with my network. Uh, again, talking about like network, um, you know, your podcast is gonna get some African love. Um, love it. So, <laughs> nice. um, Go international, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is this is this is what uh, it's all about. Like you know, just getting the words out there and going global as much as we can.
Yeah, appreciate that, bro. And, you know, when you're next in London, just shout me anytime. I'll make myself yeah. available. For sure, for sure. Um, with the- Great stuff, Thank man. You. Take care of yourself. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.